All right. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for a very special episode of the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And when I say I have a special episode, that means I have a special guest, and I have had a lot of special guests over the years here on this podcast, but I don't think anybody gets more special than this guy. Local legend. Yes. The greatest professional wrestler to come out of the New England area. Please welcome Thrilly Dilly. The one-man thrill ride to the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday Monday morning podcast. What's going on? What's up, Bill? It's been a long time since we hung out, and like this Me Too movement, man, it's changed a lot of things. Um, <laughs> it's he's uh, <laughs> going in hot. Yeah, absolutely. At this Me Too movement, like I have this new mandatory policy, right? Anytime I meet up with one of my Bumble Breezies and bring him back to the Smash Factory uh, for you know a twenty-five minute thunderclap session. All sexual activity needs to be filmed in full 8K to confirm consent. And it's an awkward conversation, but don't get me wrong. I have like a 10 terabyte hard drive that would put bang bros out of business. Shout out to my exes. Yup, that was easy. All right, so there you go. That's going to be the energy <laughs> that we're going to be coming with here. We're going to uh, we're gonna plow ahead here, you know. One of the great characters. i got to tell you something. I first discovered you uh, on the internet. When it, you were doing your baseball promos. Yes. Talking about your laser light show, rounded yeah. second base while your girlfriend's looking at me. Yeah. Yeah, you got a sunken in chest I could eat a bowl of soup out of or cereal yeah. or something like that. And I was just like, who the hell's this guy? And just as a comedian and a fan of wrestlers and the over-the-top uh, personalities, I immediately became a fan. So I, I am thrilled to have the thrill right here on my podcast. I appreciate it, Bill. Um and that's the one thing that we hung out at Rough and Rowdy. And since then, like the pandemic hit, I mentioned the, the terabyte hard drive. You know, I have 2,569 hours of explosive sexual content. And during the pandemic, <laughs> I had an opportunity to isolate and go through each and every scene and put them into distinct categories. Like, for instance, like squirters, which, of course, are all of them. Shout out to my exes. So <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get them on that one. <laughs> No, I'm fascinated by your life that you're living here. Yeah. The thrill, thrill ride can go for a while, huh? I think so. I mean, the, the way I wrestle, I, I'm, I'm a retro guy. I'm a retro electro guy. That's my theme music. Uh, I used to have the absolute savage look. Now I'm Miami Vice because that's, that's more who I am. I watched those Austin A&E documentaries about, um, you know, it starts off. It was so captivating. He goes, you know, what's the difference between Steve Austin and Stone Cold? And he's like, well, the difference between Steve Austin and Stone Cold. And then he pauses. He's like, Shit, son, I don't know the difference. Yeah. So I'm like, that's where I'm at. I'm just being myself now, you know? So well, Okay, favorite car from the 80s when you were coming up? Oh, God. Am I going too far back? Because I'm old as shit. Yeah, I, you're I not was as born in 84. Like oh, a, 84. Fuck, all right. Favorite car of the 90s. I, I had, so what? What? So you were born in the 80s. I was born in the 80s. Yeah, you're wearing the hat. Looks like Miami Vice like two years after you were born. So how did that happen? Older brother? No, no, I was the oldest in the family. I was just, I always loved old school wrestling. I grew up in Foxborough. Well, I grew up in Mansfield, moved over to Foxborough, lived with my Uncle Joe and my grandmother for a little while. And, like, he was a diehard wrestling fan. And he had, you know, every single pay-per-view that was on VHS. So, like, I got into wrestling watching, like, the 80s stuff. And, oh, wow. Yeah, so. And that, the, now, did you ever go? Yeah. So, the whole, I, I wrote that, I wrote a movie. And uh, the opening scene is, you know, tickets to the Survivor Series in 1993. Uh, which was in the last pay-per-view in the Boston Garden. Survivor Series, wow. Yeah. And then I went to the 2000 uh, King of the Ring tournament um, when Kurt Angle won it and The Rock won the belt. And then this weekend I worked with Kurt Angle. 
got and drove did him. Did you he, really? Yeah. Well, sort of. So I introduced him. It was probably the loudest pop I've ever heard in pro wrestling when he came out. And I was in the center of the ring for it. He was one of my heroes growing up. So it was a real cool experience. And then, but if you know anything about wrestling, what they don't teach you in wrestling school is it's more important to get Kurt Angle to the airport in time than it is to have a good segment with him. <laughs> so, so I'm in the car, right? I got Sergeant Slaughter in the front seat and Kurt Angle in the back seat. No the All-American Meat Missile driving. It was the most American <laughs> car ride in the history of professional wrestling. We're in traffic from Newark, uh, from New Jersey, trying to get to the Newark airport. And uh, I pull into the freaking hotel and Kurt Angle, and we're having a great conversation, Kurt and I. And then all of a sudden, he like kind of, kind of started and pissed. He's like, dude, I'm supposed to go to the airport. There was like a miscommunication. Oh, no. I was like, shit. He's, he's like, fuck, man. We got to get. I was like, I do not want nuclear. I got the more heat with everybody in pro wrestling. Like, the last thing I want is heat with Kurt Angle. So <laughs> I'm like, Sarge, I need your brother. <laughs> and like, Sarge's like, no worries. I know how to get there. So I've been in this city 700 times. You know what I mean? Like, thank God for Sergeant Slaughter. He's like, kind of guiding me. We got Kurt there in time. But. You know, they don't tell you that in wrestling school. What is it like riding in the car with those two guys? I mean, those are two guys you grew up watching. I, mean, I remember Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. From way back. In, what, was, what was his? His wasn't the Cobra Clutch, was it? I think it was the Cobra Clutch. The Cobra yeah, Clutch is finishing move. Yeah, everybody yeah. had like their big finishing move. He but was the, one of the legends. But then he used the, the, the um, Boston Sheik's, used, Sheik, Sheik's move, the Camel Clutch, when he turned heel against America during the Iraq War. He used the Camel Clutch. So, yeah, he was evil. I know, but that was a great storyline. It was an unbelievable storyline, so I don't know. There's a lot of wrestling now, like Roman Reigns, you know, he's like the best wrestler in the world. He calls himself, he is, he doesn't just call himself, he is the head of the table. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know anything about that, but I do know something about head at the table because I'm the guy bringing <laughs> blowies back to the business of professional wrestling. I don't know how I don't have a job because I'll go out there, I'll lose first. I want to be on first. Everybody else wants to steal the show. I want to go on first. We'll crush it. I'm going to the bar on a solo dolo mission, okay? If I take the sunnies <laughs> off and flash the baby blues across the bar, break out the wet floor signs because she's going to be sweating like a, you know what I mean? She's just going to be pouring sweat. <laughs> when I, the baby blue laser show, it's over. The chicks are all going to come over. Fellas, you're welcome for the house. Come on over. Once the show's over, you can hang out with them because those eights are low-grade hot. I got a New York Giants cheerleader sitting in the Marriott waiting to receive an injection of genetic perfection and ride the meat missile into outer space. Shout out to my exes. Available on OneManThrillRide.com. Give me your money, puppets. I don't understand. My exes probably all think that I'm talking about them, and I'm talking about... All of them. Yeah. <laughs> Ex-employers, ex-friends, everybody who didn't believe in me, I'm throwing up the shocker because I can't throw up the middle finger. <laughs> so tell me, you, but you, you are actually to the point, right? You have an amazing story, which yep. I'm actually interested. You know, you said you wrote a script. I w I'd love to see that thing get made. But yep. um, of you, you basically, you came out of high school, you immediately went into wrestling. Yep. And then you got out, you did the baseball thing. We had Bridgewater. Fitchburg State. Fitchburg State. Sorry. Jesus Christ, I'm going to cause a war here. <laughs> Fitchburg State. Wrong yeah. school. All right. So you went to Fitchburg State. Then you got back into it. So as a comedian, kind of knowing what it's like, at least in my business, to come out of nowhere, nobody knows you, what are wrestling open mics? What, what is that? So what, would, what went down was, so I got trained by Spike, and um, you know, Spike was the man, ECW legend, Spike Dudley, and... Um, you know, so when I started, he wanted to be this, like, white meat baby face. You know what I mean? Like, Ricky Steamboat and Lex Luger. He was, he was like, I want you to be a combination of Ricky Steamboat and Lex Luger. And this is the ultimate spike line. I said, uh, I thought I loved Lex. I was like, wasn't Lex, like, not a very good worker? 
And he looked at me and he goes, I don't know. How about we look at his fucking bank account? And I was like, I'm like, all right, I'll be Lex. I was like, oh, I'll be Lex. So, um, so not a good worker is they're not selling what you're doing. Uh, no, like a not a good worker would be like somebody who's not a good in-ring performer. By t- it depends who you ask. Whether to me, a good worker is somebody who, like Hulk Hogan, I think is a phenomenal worker because everybody, you know, he he can wrestle if you watch him over in Japan, and then you can and if you wrestle in America, all he has to do is this, right? And he gets the biggest reaction. But if you watch him, you know, wrestling in Japan and really going, you know, he can actually go. And that's sort of as I've gotten older. This is why I think I can last a long time. Is it's I sound like. You know, I've watched too many Terry Bollea shoot interviews, but, you know, I hit a shoulder tackle and I just go, yup. And the crowd's like, yup. Like yeah. stepbrothers, like we just became best friends. And I'm like, well, that got a better reaction than a tackle. So I'm just going to keep going, yup, 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 and start strutting. And like, so that you learn. So how when to- you build the character, you do that in the ring as it's happening, sort of doing like the promo things, you improv a few things here or there. Yeah. Because I remember seeing something one time the, uh, the Rock was talking about, he did something. And uh, somebody said, like, yeah, that really annoyed the crowd. He goes, yeah, good. I'm going to keep doing that. Exactly. Or I'm going to go, like, in that direction. I remember thinking, like, wow, these guys are like stand-up comics. Yes. Well, the heels are, I feel like. Yeah. Where it's like you're not trying. You're almost trying to annoy. See how long you can annoy them, and they're still coming along for the ride. Yes. And make the baby face want to beat the sh- Like, they want to see the baby face just beat the shit out of you. That's, like, the good heel. And then... Like being a good heel worker is, is about, you know, making the baby face look like a million dollars. So, but anyway, like for me, it's, you know, when I basically learned that, it was from like Billy Gunn. So, as I got old, I saw Rough and Rowdy happen and I decided I lost the fight and it bothered me for about, I would say, an hour. And then I went to the bar in Charlotte and I realized like I was the absolute meat missile and the man. <laughs> you also fought in, uh, that's the house that Ric Flair built, right? Yes. Yeah, I got to go back to that. I want to do a stand-up show there. Yeah. We were playing this old, uh, for people listening, watching here, it was this old uh, old school wrestle arena, wrestling arena, and it was just like perfect, like literally built for it. And it had almost like this short porch up top that was like the yeah. upper deck, and everybody was just on top of you. And I remember, th- you know, I mean, I was there for that rough and rowdy. It right. was you fought great. I mean, it's just you know somebody wins, somebody loses. But like, the just the energy, the crowd, and everything like yeah. that. I literally felt like I was uh, on like you know like one of those Saturday morning wrestling things that I used to watch back in the day with like the Moon Dogs and uh, the Wild Samoans and yeah. all of that stuff. So um, let me ask you this: What's the uh, when you get into the ring with somebody who sucks, you don't have to name any names. Yeah. And they're going for some big move where if they fuck up, they could literally break your neck. Right. What is that like? Are I would, you talking to them? So I would not do anything with somebody who sucks. There's, there's a test for how that. How quick before, yeah, how, how quick before you realize they suck? So if I don't know somebody, you, you do this test. You're like, hey, man, I just, let's start it off with like a good tie-up when we get out there. Like really, because that's how you know. If a guy doesn't know how to freaking do a good tie-up, a good lock-up, he sucks. <laughs> so it's like, so let's like just try this once. And, the, and we're in the locker room. And like we go to freaking tie-up. And if he's all over the place or too snug, I'm like, this kid sucks. We're not doing anything he wants. He's not, not going to be safe. But if he snaps the tie-up right, it's like, okay, he's been trained properly. So then how do you communicate to him? Because are you literally going to say in the locker room, like, all right, dude, you're, you're going to hurt me. So... Let so, me let me run this thing, dude. Some of these friggin' matches, it's like a hostage negotiation, you know. But and, <laughs> and it's you're calling these things, but um, as you so like, I worked Enzo and probably the biggest match of my life a, a, a month ago, and like Enzo is a big league all star, made money, drew money, and like we were like, 
we didn't call anything. We called it on the fly. We were on last. It was like, what do you like? He, I had three. He had three big moves. I watched his matches. I fed him a couple spots, but he came up with the finish. And I, he goes, "What do you do?" I'm like, "I had honestly nothing. I talk shit, punch and kick." <laughs> you know, he goes, "Is there anything you want to get in?" I said, "Yeah, there's one thing I want to get in. I want to go on the second rope. I'm going to G up for a uh, 1989 Rick Rude forearm to the back. I'm going to say Step Brothers, yup, yup, yup. I'm going to hit you with a Rick Rude forearm like we're back in the 80s. Boom, and I'm going to pose for seven seconds in front of the hard camera, throw up the double shocker, which represents two in the pink." one in the stink, and scream at the top of my lungs, shout out to my exes. And Enzo says to me, he just goes, stops and goes, dude, that's fucking money. <laughs> it like, is. It's Because money. the amount of people that I know that are watching it, that are dying laughing. Half the reason why I'm dying yeah. laughing is just knowing the people that that's going to annoy. Like, right. really? Really, Bill, in 2021? Is this what we're doing? It's just, I don't know. I, 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 I've always loved the heels. When yeah. I was a little kid, I couldn't stand them because I thought they cheated and everything. But right. once I got to a certain age and I realized, you know, I, you know, started annoying teachers how much fun it was. And I saw that these guys were like professionals at doing it. Um, I just totally fell in love yep. with the uh, with the whole thing. I wish it would like kind of get back to where it was it, in my life. It had like I felt like three peaks. Yep. It was like when I first saw it in the mm-hmm. late 70s. And it was sort of the end of Bob Backlund, Bruno Sammartino, yep. Haystacks, Calhoun. Those guys were getting you know old or whatever. Backlund wasn't old though. And then uh, Andre the Giant. Yep. Ivan Putski, all those guys, right? And then it was Hulk Hogan. Hogan, yeah. Uh, Mr. Wonderful, rest his soul. All of those guys came in for that that big time WrestleManias all the way through. And then it went away for a little bit. Yep. I started doing stand up, and then it came back with The Rock and all of those guys, um, Mankind. Yep. And The Undertaker and all of that type of stuff. And I feel like it's, you know, it's it's almost like comedy. Like comedy kind of does that. It had like the big 80s. Then I started doing stand-up and everything was like right in the toilet. And oddly enough, 9-11 kind of brought it back. Yep. Everybody needed to like laugh or something like that. And then we've kind of gone on this this sort of real estate bubble yeah. <laughs> with social media, with selling tickets. So um, any predictions yeah. As far as where it's going? I honestly think it's about to go through the next golden era within, I would say, in another year. We're going to see a huge burst in popularity with pro wrestling due to the rise in popularity of all elite wrestling. Mm-hmm. They're on TBS and TNT. Um, Cody Rhodes is there. Tony Khan, who's the son of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars uh, owner. I thought you would say Killer Khan. No, no, not Killer Sorry. Khan. Tony Khan. Tony Khan. Um, all right. So, like, they're, you know, I, I worked on this show in Mid Hudson. For Northeast Wrestling on uh, this weekend, and you know a bunch of all elite guys were there. Um, so you know they're making a pretty big splash, and like you know they're they're straight up competition with WWE. And the last time there was competition, it was the Monday Night Wars, really, with WCW and WWF at the time. Uh, and that's when the Attitude Era happened. The Rock and Steve Austin took over. So I think it's going to cause the WWE to have to adapt, right? And which will be great for wrestling. And now there's more jobs. And that was like so. And 2019 was sort of when I started turning the corner in wrestling. I worked a uh, big cast when he was straight off TV. He was main eventing with Daniel Bryan on pay-per-view like three to six months prior. Right. And I worked with him all summer. And at the end of the summer, like one night he was like, I was supposed to wrestle somebody else. And he goes, hey, I just talked to Mike. Me and you are working in the main. I was like, he's, he's a man. Great right. guy. Cast is a man. And um, I worked with him. And at the end of the tour, he's like, dude, you got to try to get down to the performance center. And try to get get a job. He goes, you, you're definitely good enough. It's like, and I was just like, I don't know, man. I got 
you know, I was close and I got burnt and it was my fault. I'm looking back at it, I take full responsibility for not getting Plus, it done. Plus, that shit happens, Yeah, dude. yeah. That but shit, broke my heart, you know? That shit, fuck, oh my God, yeah. dude. That shit just like... Sometimes they feel like if you like are the guy, but you don't just fit, you know, the suit or whatever. Right. You just gotta know that. All right, I guess I go the long way around. I got a bunch of buddies of mine like that. I go, look at us. We're fucking regular bald-looking guys. <laughs> we gotta take the. <laughs> We're not in the express lane. Right. We gotta go the long way around. And then when we get there, we still gotta listen to people. Ah, you know, you got there easy. Yeah. You know, doors flew open for you. I mean, it's just what people. It's just it, it is what people do. But you you sent me an email and you had some uh, you had some classic stories that I want to make sure uh, that I I don't know which one to start with. I my all time favorite one's the Jake Roberts story. All right, uh, Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake, and b- before anybody gets on with me with this story, please listen to the end because Jake Roberts. All I gotta say is that guy fucks. He's, <laughs> <laughs> so it's for big time wrestling in 2013. I'm working with my friend Teddy in a tag match. With uh, Jake and um, oh, I can't Tom Brandy. So he's uh, he was Salvador Sincere, and then he became uh, the Patriot. He bought the gimmick. Salvador Sincere. Yeah. So <laughs> awesome. Like we're wrestling in the Java Civic Center in Pittsburgh, outside of Pittsburgh, I want to say. And I'm wrestling Jake in the tag match, and I know I'm taking his comeback, and I'm taking the DDT, and like he's gonna. I know his whole comeback, right? It's like he's a lot. He's a southpaw. It's like jab, 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 big left, feet up, short arm clothesline, call for it, fucking DDT, and like the place goes nuts when he calls for it. I'm like getting goosebumps thinking about it. Like I'm so jacked up. People think like, oh, you're gonna lose. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking get beat by Jake Roberts. It's gonna be fucking awesome, you know. <laughs> so I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. And we heard that Jake had just cleaned up. He had substance abuse problems. Mm-hmm. So we show up in the building and like, where's Jake? Jake's in the other room. I'm like, okay. So we walk in there and Jake's like laid out on the couch, like drooling. And we're like, oh no, that's, that's a shame. And then like, it's time to call the match. And like the whole day he's like, oh, he's not talking to us. He's like drooling. I'm like, this is like really sad. And uh, I'm like, I'll get him through it. I'll get him through the comeback. When he takes the hot tag, I'll get him through it. So he's calling the match. Um, Brandy's calling the match, calling the match. He goes, Jake's not going to get in during the shine. Um, he'll just come in for the hot tag. What is during the shine? <laughs> no, 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 excuse me. He is going to come in during the shine. What is the shine? So it's like uh, it's a, to the baby face. It's the beginning of the match, and the baby face beats up the heel a little bit to show that okay. he's the superior wrestler. Okay. So, like, Jake's going to get in the ring for the shine, so just work with him. And, like, Jake's drooling, and we're like, are you sure? <laughs> oh, no. So... Then it's uh, blah, blah, blah. We, we call it out, and then it's time for the comeback. Jimmy, you want to? And I was like, yeah, thrilly. You want to? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then I go to I go to go to Jake, like, very gently. All of a sudden, he just pops out of his seat like a gazelle and goes, all right, jab, 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 big left. I'm going to give you a short arm clothesline. Call for DDT. See you out there, kid. And slaps you on the ass and just walks away. I was like, holy oh, he, fuck. He faked it. He faked the whole he thing. He faked the whole thing so we couldn't get any offense on him. And, like... We weren't going to get any offense on him. He's fucking Jake Roberts. You know what I mean? I'm like, dude, you didn't have to work me. It was fucking hilarious. So I just turned to Teddy. I was like, dude, that guy fucks, dude. Like, that was, it was just badass. He was like a gangster. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, dude. That's how psyched are you? I'm going to, I'm going to wrestle Jake the Snake in the Java Center. Yeah. Outside of Pittsburgh. I yeah. mean, that's like the story you want. Yeah. It was awesome. And then I, I had like, I still get goosebumps thinking about it. it was, he did that jab, 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 bump. And, um. He called for it, and I remember, like, selling up. And the way, you don't, Jake doesn't kick you and give you the DDT. He just grabs you and drops you. So, like, I was just, like, selling up, and the place was going ballistic. You know what I mean? It was one of my favorite moments of wrestling. And then right. they're all, DDT, DDT. And then he hit me with it. And, I, and, like, everyone's like, oh, you're a job or you lose. And I just remember, it was like, what? The place, like, came all over themselves, you know? 
I'm sorry. But back in the day before like this PC culture, they compared pop in the crowd to having sex with a chick and getting her off. That was like the comparison. If you can you can judge yeah, how good a dude a is in the time. sack. How good a guy was in the sack by how good of a worker he was. <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, look, this there was a bunch of shit that needed to be said. It wasn't said. And then they were, they we're in the adjustment yeah. phase here. So hopefully people can tell the difference yeah. between doing a character. 100%. And, you know, but they won't. They'll act <laughs> like this is some fucking National Geographic serious shit about global warming. How could he say all of that? What is my password here? What the fuck is it? I'm trying to set you up here for the end. We'll edit that part out. All right. Now here's another, oh, the next one. The NWO short rib story. All oh, right. Sh- oh, the shit rib? Yeah. You're a foodie, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit rib, not short rib. Shit rib. Wait a minute. So I don't know if this actually happened, but I could be totally delusional and seeing ghosts. But I was at. So the backstory to this, and I could be paranoid, but I wrestled Cody Hall, Scott Hall's son, in a tag team match for Northeast Wrestling in 2014. And we gave, like, he had a great match. Right. Like, I was working with Scott, and, um, you know, I remember we had this plan for the match, and, I, and Scott Hall was there. And, uh, I had heat with Scott to start because my this kid I I guess he's my friend but <laughs> we're in the car with Cody's son and like he's like fucking acting like we're in high school like blowing me when I'm in the back seat with Cody in the front like this guy's the best promo in wrestling this guy's the best promo in wrestling this guy's the best. dude check out this promo I'm like buddy please be quiet you're gonna get me heat with Scott Hall he's like in the Illuminati of pro wrestling he's one call away from Triple H who is second in command only to Vince McMahon can you not can you just shut up you're putting me in a bad spot. So I'm like, we get to the arena, and as soon as we get there, Cody goes, this guy thinks he's the best promo in pro wrestling. I'm like, fuck. Oh, no. Fuck. And Scott goes, <laughs> So then, like, the joke is I started doing my promo at the start of the match, and he was like, this is Bush. And it was Bush because, like, I was doing my catchphrases and, like, a 500 uh, – there was, like, 500 people there, maybe more because it was, like, a bigger show. Mm-hmm. And, like, they didn't know my catchphrases because, like, you save that stuff for, like, your – your monthly or weekly show that operates like TV, like we do that at the Bethany Town Hall. So they know your catchphrases. You can have a finishing move, like all that stuff. But if you're doing, like nobody knows who I am. I shouldn't be doing catchphrases. So it was Bush. Yeah, no, but sometimes you just get it. If somebody does that shoulder bump and goes, yep. Yeah, right. I'm like, ah, what the fuck is that? I like that. Right. Shout out to my exes. I don't need to be like, what's the backstory? Right. Like, I get it. This guy's being an obnoxious ass. Right. And trying to piss off, yeah. But my point was, like, Scott was, like, actually had a great attitude the whole time. Mm -hmm. He just, it was that one thing. And uh, so, anyway, we're going to call the match in the back. And, like, I was like, we're going to do a hot start. And Scott was like, I don't think that's a good idea. You guys, it's the same Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express. Like, you don't have 10 weeks, uh, 10 months of TV behind this. I think you should just tie up. I was like, and I thought about it. I was like, all right, well, all right. And he goes, hey, I don't, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. And they just threw up his Hall of Fame ring. (laughs) And I was just like, I'm like, fuck it. We're doing what we're doing what Razor says. You know what I mean? Like he knows what he's talking about. And then like we're about to go out and like uh right before the match, they do this whip reverse spot, knee to the back, back elbow. The match right we're not paying attention. We got our dicks in our hands. And Scott was the only one paying attention. It's Razor. Razor Ramon. And he turns around, he goes, uh, hey, just to know they, they you they use your exact same cutoff spot. You guys need to think something now. Like he was on his game. And before we got to the building, Cody is this guy. His son, Cody, is like six foot eight, like a monster. But he's a good athlete, which like works against him. Like he was trying to do all these, we're like trying to go in the ring with Scott. And he's like trying to do flips and stuff. And Scott just looked at me and he goes, you just try to talk to him. He won't listen to his old man. That's what he said to me. And I'm like, dude, your money's in being a monster. So like, I, I was like, let me take the hot tag and you're going to beat me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to. Six foot eight tumbler. 
Yeah, no yeah, one wants to see that. No, I was like, the money is in you. Look, I'm, dude, I'm 5'9", 210 with veins popping out of my six-pack doing backflips off the top rope, and you make me look like a bitch. Like, I'm not going to, like, dude, like, crush me on the comeback. You know what I mean? Like, and, like, he, Cody, like, absolutely crushed it. And so it was like, we, we hot tag, whatever. You know, I can't remember his bump feed, but, like, he did Razor, Razor Ramon's comeback. You know, cr- you know, go for the high cross catch, sack of shit. Fucking, that's it. Calls for the finish like Razor would. Uh, <laughs> two big lines. The place is going ballistic. And like before the match, he was busting our balls. He goes, I love folding up job guys. I love folding up job guys. So I was like, I'm, he's got me up for the razor's edge, like eight feet. I'm like, oh, please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. He fucking drops me flat back, safest bump in the world. One, two, place came all over himself. Scott was so fucking happy. Right. Because like he saw his son like crush it. Right. And, I, and he was like, and he, he talked to all of us, but he looked at me. He goes, this job's for guys like you. You know, nice. And but then what happened was I don't know what happened between, and it's not my business between Scott and the promoter, but like, he, he him and Cody were never invited back, and I have no idea why. And then this article leaked on Russell Zone that went like viral, mm-hmm. that said he was like unprofessional backstage, and I heard that it was because he said I was like the promo was Bush, and it was Bush, <laughs> like um, what he said was accurate. And, like, right. it was good feedback. And, like, as friends, like, that was our catchphrase. We'd go to the bar. The steak would be undercooked. This steak is bush. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we loved it. <laughs> and, like, so, like, I don't know if that was the source of the heat or whatever. So, anyway, rough and rowdy happens. And then I talked about my WWE tryout, which is a huge mistake. Mistake. So, that happened. And I'm working in a Brockton, uh, with a Brockton Rocks yeah, play. Yeah, dude, you just got to take your lumps and just know that everybody, whatever. If you got 20 stories of getting fucked over, someone else has got, like, 21. Right, right. You know so, something else, too? What happened with those guys were doing whatever, they took your opening, did the exact same thing. I remember yeah. this headline a long time ago. He goes, I always watch the whole show. Yeah. Because I want to know what subjects to. are talked about. Because if somebody just did a whole fucking chunk on Trump or, or, or Biden or something, right. and then you come up, oh, it's up with Biden. People are like, oh, God, not a, not again. A hundred percent. Especially now, too, because everyone's kind of doing the COVID thing, which I, I, you know, it's the worst. I've been doing this long enough that when I don't watch the show and I go up there as I bring the subject out, I feel how flat it is. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Somebody already brought this. This has already been mulched up. So yeah. turn into this subject over here. So, But that's but today's standard, to put that back to pro wrestling, that's a great point. Nowadays, everything's so choreographed, like especially young kids. It's like they're, they're calling every single spot. It's like, no. Now, you when should... you say calling it, I almost feel like at the end of this podcast, you got to let me know. Yeah, you know, heat and all that, and we'll just have little definitions underneath you so people can keep. Oh, I don't want to do that because then they'll be like, the the, the freaking guys under contract will be that guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Burying me, but you know what I mean. Like it's the heats when the you know the the bad guys putting steam on the on the good guy and get the good guys trying to get sympathy. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. And sell, and that's the mark of a good good guy is his ability to sell, and that's like Enzo. He sold like Ricky Morton from the Rock and Roll Express. Like he was so good at that, and everybody like, oh, Enzo's just can just cut a promo. It's like, no, nah, he's a fantastic professional wrestler. All right. Well, what do you got coming next as far as like uh, the next big one that you're doing? Because I I can't say it. What I'm such a huge fan of the character that you came up with. Um, I look at like wrestlers like they are stand up comedians when you yep. get like a really good one. I mean, I do it all the time. I sit there and I watch like uh, I was just watching a clip of uh, Mean Gene laughing during promos. Yeah. And then some just, you know, some of the worst promos of all time and then the best ones. So I have such a respect for what you guys do. And then all the, the stuff you put your bodies through. 
Um, what is the, because uh, I know you a couple of times, like, you know, I'm going for it, and uh, fuck this, and yeah. I'm going for it again, the pandemic, blah, 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 blah. You went through a little, you know. Funk. Funk there, as we all do. Yep. I mean, part of being a performer is one day you're going to be on a couch, and for some reason you can't get up. It's yeah. a sunny day, and you're just laying there like, what the fuck's going on with me? Um, Dude, it's all entertainers. It's it, Yeah. It, How did you get through that, by the way, when you went I, through your- uh, I wrote a movie about what I was going through. Oh, there you go. It was about I made it a comedy, you know. I just went through like a breakup with this chick, and it was like, and I'm and I got talked. Um, my my friend uh, Jamie Silva, who was like one of the first guys to call me after the alumni, he played for the Indianapolis Colts in Super Bowl Forty Six. He was like an All American at BC. He did films, and like Jamie and uh, Patty Quinn, who like did uh, Mass Holes. They had this viral video, shit people from Boston say. Oh, I saw a, all those. I love yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Patty did the screen story. Like he came up with the plot. Like I just wrote it. He was like, "This is the outline. This is Act One. This is Act Two. This is Act three. So, um, yeah, I'm just explaining. I had this idea for a movie that was like a Rocky parody about pro wrestling, and it was just basically me and my friend Mark Sherman in the car. And he's like, wait a minute. He goes, I, and like, I showed up. I was all flustered. He's, I was like, what? he's like, what's going on with you? He's like, I just got a, a Zoom therapy session. Just went through a breakup. <laughs> I'm like crushed. I was like in love with this chick, and she's with another guy now, blah, blah, blah. And I, he's just like, wait a minute. You're the fucking one-man thrill ride. Like, what the fuck are you crying about? <laughs> it's like, you got like, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, dude, this is the, this is the movie. He's like, I'm like, are you sure? I was like. He's like, that yeah, absolutely dude. is because that's the interesting thing. Because to watch you doing simping out over all some of that shit. shit, yeah, it's hilarious, you know. And like, and I, no, of course, there's a freaking therapist who's smoking hot, which right. really happened. She was right. this. Well, don't tell too much of it because someone yeah. will fucking steal it. No, no shit. But it's copywritten. Yeah, yeah, but still. <laughs> yeah. No, that's Good call. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta watch out with that stuff. Yep. I kind of like. I actually do. I either go to the gym. Yep. If I'm when I get like uh, depressed, I either go to the gym. Or I uh, I try to do stand up, and uh, I just go down. Then I just be nice to people. Yep. Not saying I'm not nice, but I just kind of extra nice. Like, hey, how's it going? I just I get out of me. Like, hey, what's going on with you? Oh, that's great. I'm really happy for you. I let people go right. when I'm driving. I just try to get because if I don't, and I just start going down on the I call the you know the, go down on the bottom of the lagoon. Then you know I got a wife and two kids now, and right. uh, you know. That's so true, though, when you do but nice... you know how it is with a guy? Yeah. You can't have a bad day, right? You're not allowed. The chicks not... can sit there and be like, oh, I'm just kind of going through some things. And you, it's just like, they're just looking at you like, all right, well, maybe if you go uh, fucking pick that box up over there, no, you should, yeah. you'll feel a little better. It's called the masks of masculinity. It's just oh. masking emotional trauma. <laughs> like, you've been... Like, this whole character is because I've heard over chicks. You know what I mean? That's, you know, that's all it is. is. That is... You I know what's funny? So. The other day, I actually... Based on my therapy that I went to, yeah. <laughs> All right, you want to know what my, uh, I can't even, I'll tell you someday why I actually do stand up. People, that's because you love comedy? Is that why? <laughs> Did you always love comedy? Right. It's like, no, people were beating the fuck out of me. Yeah. So I thought if I could get in a room and make everybody laugh, no right. one would beat the fuck out of me. 100%. That's what it was. And I went on there with the, with the emotion of a four year old. Yeah. And that's what I did through all of that and most of the shit. Someday I'll tell the whole fucking story, but uh, this, this, this is. Uh, this is about your stuff. So I always no, find it amazing when someone is funny, electrifying, got the whole thing, and then you got that whole other side where you just fucking lay in there at the bottom of the lagoon, as I say. But uh, So you had, you went therapy, so that's good. So you don't have, because whenever I hear people, they got the chemical shit, yeah. where it's like you no. can't, like, you know, no amount of fucking good times can bring you out of it. You just have to wait for, uh, almost, 
<laughs> you know, they got raw sewage just yeah. dumped in the bay. Whatever that chemical is that's going in, like those people. Like I, I sometimes when I'm depressed, I think about them. I go, well, at least I have an out right. of this thing. I don't have to go like go get like meds, and then you know it's as it's pulling you out. What part of my body is it fucking up? Right. I do know you, it's crushing my liver or whatever. You know. Do you feel like when you perform, you get it out? If I do something new, yeah, and if I connect with the crowd, yes, because there's two ways. Of like, there's two laughs. There's the the laugh, like okay, that's funny, and then there's the uh, dude, I fucking live yeah. that. Yeah, that's I can't hilarious. Believe. I connected with that, right? Yeah, and that's that's like a, a different sounding laugh. Mm-hmm. And when I get that, especially too, if I'm, uh, if you know, it, there's there's levels of of uh, more feeling of a satisfaction. Yes. Like if I'm from like, you know, in Boston, all white crowd like me, and I even if I get that laugh, it's cool. Right. But like when I'm in front of people who are different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like your special in Tennessee, Nashville, right? Yeah. That was a good special. And do something yeah. like that or like, you know, back in the day, you know, they had like the Uptown show, the yep. gay show, whatever. If you could get a laugh like that on that night, yep. that was like that extra kind of uh, special thing where that would get me out of it. And I'd be like, all right, I can feel the next 20 minutes. The material's coming. Yeah, I got something to move forward to because I, f- I found out in this pandemic that, that when I was just like, you know, I think I'm going to take some time off. Right. And I slowed down and all the smoke caught up with me. Yeah. Because that's people, you work like a fucking maniac. And right. Say, you got such a great work ethic. It's like, no, I got demons, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's 100% true. I'm just, I'm just trying to stay in front of these things. Yeah. So um, is there a match or anything coming up? Like, like COVID has obviously affected you guys and everything throughout all of this. You it, was, know? it was huge. Now we're back out there. So my next show, I got two shows for Top Row Promotions coming up. Um, it's a great name, Top Row. Top, top Row. Like it's that. where I started. It used to be Yankee Pro Wrestling. Um Way back in the day when I was a senior in high school. But, um, yeah, we're in Brockton on the 20th. Uh, I'll get that information out of my social media. And then we're in Fitchburg on the 22nd. And um, then from there, September 11th, I'm wrestling in the Bethany Town Hall. I don't know if I'm wrestling. I'm basically like a producer. So what is the Bethany Town Hall? Is it literally a town hall? They clear out the chairs? So it's a town hall with a basketball court. It's like a great place. Yeah. Like it gets in the diehard fans. Like we get the same 300. It's our first one back since... Uh, I want to say November. First time I've been back in the building since October or November of 2019. So, like, I'm really excited. I'm doing this new gimmick. Well, it's not a new gimmick. It's the new look. Yeah. I got a new theme song. It's, like, electro, retro, and I got the new dance. You should have seen, like... I I watched some of your clips, dude. I love it. Yeah. You got, like, that... You got, like, you know... It's an amalgam of a bunch of different styles, but it's you. Right. So I don't want to say the styles because then fucking ask, oh, he's totally ripping off, blah, 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 which is what happens to comedians a lot. Right. But like you have that thing, man, that thing where it's like you annoy and people love you all at the same time, which is a, it's a very rare thing. Um, and it's one of those things where you want to watch it just because you want to read the comments right. of the people that take it seriously. Right. I mean, I probably shouldn't even say take it seriously because I'm kind of letting the rabbit out of the hat, but because I love when people do that. Right. You know, like I recently, I, you know, it means I you mean, got them. Well, I made some stupid comment about some news network, and then for like fucking two weeks, they just kept picking shit out of my podcast. Right. It's like, guys, I don't read. <laughs> I don't I watch said, the news. I said right. I don't read. Yeah. yeah. Like I am so fucking not even tapped into that that world. Right. That a comic did a joke about the vice president and I didn't get it for half a second. I was like, oh, that's a Joe Biden dementia. Oh, okay. Thing. Yeah. 
because they didn't say it, and then they kind of brought it around. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. They call him, uh, what do they call him, Slow Joe? Sleepy Joe? Sleepy. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I tapped out of that world because uh, that, that's another thing that makes me depressed. News. What, news. News and fucking, uh, you know, this gym I was going to, they'd have the fucking news on, like, silent, and yeah. you're on the treadmill, yeah. and it's like they're showing California burning down, yeah. COVID numbers going up, plastic yeah. bottles in the ocean. I'm like, what am I supposed to and of course, no solutions. Yeah, no it's like solutions. V for Vendetta. It's crazy what's oh. going on. I mean, the media. You saw in my eyes. I never saw that movie. That was <laughs> funny. Like V for Vendetta. I'm like, <laughs> missed that one. Yeah, but it's just yeah. The times are. I. I it's funny. We talked, and right. you, you gave me some suggestions for content. I did a few videos about like what's happened in the news. Right. And I was like, dude, I'm so depressed. <laughs> I was like, I can't. Like, I was ripping on Bill Gates and stuff. I was like, what, what the hell does he know? He's, he, he had bad software or whatever. Like, what the <laughs> hell does he know about disease? I was like, what the? All right, they'll take his word. Well, whatever. You still, guy. still, you, you got to get your content and all that stuff out there. But I, I 100% yep. understand not watching. Yeah. Uh, the news, which I don't know, some people might say is like irresponsible or whatever. But I've just kind of gotten to the point of like, all right, I'm just gonna. Yeah. You know, help Every- out people that I can help out, and I'll I'll keep it at that. But uh, I wish I was back here to check out those uh, those matches you have, because I got to tell you, it's the first time I spent like significant time back in the Boston area for a while, and uh, I'm kind of loving it. Yeah, I, I I think I need to do a uh, a mix. Yeah, yeah, I really do. Like I was having the best time coming up here to Saugus, just all the memories I have. Yep, and like um, just the food. Kowloon's? Say, well, it's kind of fit. Well, Kowloon, I heard the uh, the kids don't want to take over the business, so I, I don't know if that's I don't know what's going on with that. But I was like, that's, that thing. I mean, that's like a, just a legendary. The fucking comics that have been up in that yeah. attic over the years is uh, is staggering. Not to mention it's it's incredible food. So yep. Um, I don't know. I think I'm gonna. I was, you know, talking to my wife about it. She was really been liking being back here. Granted, it's the summertime. Yep. You know, come back here during the winter and be like, you know, fuck yeah, this. fuck that. I 100%. fucking left this 25 years right. ago. This the is the perfect time. scraper. Right. This yeah. is the perfect time. You go to Florida in the winter, but you come up here yeah. during this time. All right. Well, I am such a huge fan of what you do, and I'm really excited for what you got going on in the future. And, uh, you know, you got that producing gig coming up. You got the movie script. Yep. Don't sleep on that either, because this is what the new thing is. You got to have, like, fucking 20 irons right. in the fire. And uh, uh, I will give you advice. If nobody, like finances that thing initially you can always shoot a sizzle reel on your on your iphone right and you just get enough people into it right that's that's the long way around yep so that's all we'll yeah. do and, and the reason why i know that's what, what the fuck i look like no one's looking for a balding <laughs> redhead in hollywood i'll tell you that right wow. right now um anyways the one man thrill ride anything else you want to promote yeah so you can visit me on my website one man that's where you give me your money puppet we got tanks yup we got tees yup we got sunnies yup we got custom videos from yours truly on instagram at one man thrill ride one on instagram at the number one man thrill ride please give me a follow we got content coming at a pretty ferocious pace one man thrill ride everybody this has been the thursday afternoon just before friday monday morning podcast enjoy the music and the bonus episode from a thursday last year or 10 years ago however andrew does it have a great weekend you cunts Hey, it's Babel, everyone. You know, when you're traveling to a destination where you don't know the language, it can be very challenging to accomplish even the simplest of tasks. Where the fuck is the bathroom? Thankfully, there's Babel, the number one selling language learning app. 
Through Babbel's bite-sized lessons, you'll learn new language skills that you can actually use in the real world. Like learning things like, hey, get away from me. No. Uh, from greetings, menus, and directions to gaining a deeper understanding of the culture, Babbel is a travel essential. Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and your accent. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcast games, video stories, and even live classes. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel right now. When you, pur right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months uh, for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use the promo code BURR. That's Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com, code BURR, B-U-R-R, Babbel, language for life. Oh, look who it is, everybody. ba doot 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 me undies, me undies. Some people think the world is flat. ba doot 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 me undies, me undies. Some people had sex with a cat. There's a lot of fuck to people, so why would you listen? Just get vaccinated. That's the mission. Ah, kidding. Whatever. Do whatever the fuck you want. Just make sure your balls are soft when you sneeze on your fucking grandparents with a pair of me undies. You're working on the traffic problem. God bless you. You know, you know how people say imagine everyone in their underwear to make you feel more comfortable? As if imagining a room full of strangers down to their skivvies is what makes us comfy? Well, what if you work with a bunch of attractive people? Now you're uncomfortable and you're standing there with a stinger. Uh, <laughs> Meunis believes comfort does not start with imagining, but instead starts with the actual comfort. That's why they make the softest undies in fun prints to help you feel comfortable at your core so you can feel ready to take on anything. No half-naked room necessary. Building your undies collection and picking out uh, which lucky pair gets to meet your butt for the day has never been so much fun. Choose prints and corgis, chicken nuggets, your zodiac sign, goofy puns, whatever the hell you want. Miani's also releases uh, collabs with some pretty big names like the Rolling Stones and Space Jam and New Legacy. Miani, look at them, working with the Rolling Stones. They've come so far. Miani's has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. Miani's also has their problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, they'll refund it or exchange it. No caveats, no questions. No skid marks either, please. Um, no get, uh, to get 15% off your first order and free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash Burr. That's MeUndies.com slash Burr, B-U-R-R, for 15% off and free shipping. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. And lastly, but not leastly, it's Old Faithful, Stamps.com. You know, you've heard me talk about Stamps.com. They've been sponsoring the show for over nine years now. And if you haven't tried it, what the hell are you waiting for? Stamps.com brings the same U.S. postage and UPS shipping services right to your computer. They make it easy for small businessmen to mail and ship without needing to take a trip to the post office. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving nearly one million small business owners like you time and money. They offer deals you can't get anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS and up to 66% off UPS 
shipping rates. And with their switch and save features, you can quickly compare carriers to find the best rates every time. Stop wasting time going to the post office and go to stamps.com instead. There's no risk. And with my promo code BURR, B-U-R-R, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free shipping and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BURR. That's stamps.com, promo code BURR. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, August 19th, 2013. 2013, baby! Um, I am still in New Orleans. My last two days here in New Orleans. I want to thank everyone. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? That's where my baby goes. She gets a po' boy and pukes on a sidewalk down on Bourbon Street with all the other fucking whores. Yappa dappa doopy dee boo. You like that? That was a little, uh, started off with something, I don't know, some sort of Basin Street blues, and I ended up with Clyde McCoy's Sugar Blues. For all of you out there who enjoy an unbelievably white man playing a muted trumpet. I, I highly recommend listening to Clyde McCoy's Sugar Blues. <laughs> you know, if people other than white people were running this country after that recording came out, white people would be um, banned from ever playing the trumpet again. I'm sure there's probably some Clyde McCoy fans out there, and I'm sure I'm offending you right now, but I don't give a shit. The man is no longer with us. And fortunately, cannot play that horn anymore. Those of you are not going to have time to look it up. The muted trumpet song went something like. It's literally that bad. When I was six, I thought it was good. <laughs> oh, fuck. You know, I finally broke down. I went down to Bourbon Street. And uh, it was 20 to 5 on a Saturday. 20 to 5. What's funny in New Orleans is they have Royal Street. Runs parallel to Bourbon Street. It's one block, I guess, north of it. I don't fucking know. Just night and day. You stay on Royal Street. It's a bunch of sane people. Some really unbelievable street performers out here, man. Uh, Musicianship is crazy. But... You know, families, you know, fucking uh, all these antique stores, the gas lamp place, the way, they, the way they make the gas lamps, you know, in case you thought they made the gas lamp shit at some other place. They make it at the gas lamp place. They got It's just a bunch of nice stuff. We're well, like, oh, wow, what a wonderful town. I'd work. All this stuff to do. Good, clean fun on Royal Street. You go one block over, over, and you're on Bourbon Street, and it is an absolute shit show. I saw a, well, she didn't take care of herself, so she could have been anywhere from 26 to about 59. (laughs) She had some hard miles, people, all right? She was running with, uh, she was down a couple quarts of oil for at least two decades, if you know what I mean. You might need to, uh, you know, get a little valve job done on you. Hoo-ha there, lady. Um, anyways, 
she's, uh, I'm sitting drinking and, uh, I'm in this bar. There's nobody else in it. And everybody in the bar is dressed like they're like coach from cheers in the band, you know, and they're playing, I don't know what the fuck they were playing. Sort of jazzy, sort of New Orleans sounding shit. And so I'm sitting there and I'm just, you know, it's open view. I'm just watching people going down the street. I took some video of it. All right. There was this white dude with great hair, you know, fucking dirty as hell, full head of fucking. This guy could run for office with the head of hair that he had. But instead, he decided to mop the gutters with it for the last fucking, (laughs) I don't know, since the 70s. And he was out skipping around, freaking people out. He, You know what's funny? That guy had been a drunk for so long. When he would sit down, when anybody would approach him, he would immediately put his hands up like, Hey, man, I'm not fucking doing anything, man. Why are you hassling me? He's just so used to being hassled, man, that when somebody comes up to him, or he's so used to people coming up to him telling him that he needs to to tone down his behavior that the second anybody got in his peripheral, he immediately put his hands up. Hey, man, you know, I'm just, just sitting here, man. Um, he had his little bottle of booze. Then there was this hilarious black dude directing traffic, um, making most people laugh and driving control freaks out of their fucking minds. So that was fun. This is all at like 20 to 5 in the afternoon. Sun had even started to set. And then across the street, this woman, I don't know, 58, 59, maybe early 60s. She's with her guy and this other couple. And she starts getting all fucking loopy or whatever. And she just, uh, she blew chow. To bring back the old way, we used to say puked. Back in the day, she blew chow all over the fucking sidewalk. And this is the funny thing. All she did when she threw up was she just like... It was like somebody said, can you see your toes? And she was like, you know, I don't think I've, I've tried to see my toes in a long time. She just looked, just, she just looked straight down and just fucking yacked. <laughs> it kind of ricocheted off her belly and then hit the sidewalk. So she was near the landmine, but was, was fine. As long as she took a step back or if she went right or she went left and she just fucking, she went straight. She took one step and did a Benny Hill fucking slip. Not really. She did like, she sort of collapsed like Bambi and just landed in in her her own fucking puke. Um, And her friends sort of were comforting her, letting her sit in her own puke. It was fucking unreal. And meanwhile, the other guy is skipping around with his bottle of bulls. Hey, man, leave me alone, man. And uh, this other guy put him in like a UFC chokehold, which I don't even know if he knew the guy. He just put him into it in a joking way. And the drunk dude with the great hair immediately just played along and was sticking his tongue out. And I don't know what the fuck was going on. And then the black guy was still directing traffic. And I'm looking at my watch. It's fucking 20 of 5 on a Saturday. And, and the thing is, the people who are the... Who are an absolute fucking mess. They, they should be antiquing the age that they were. And uh, all those stores that are really nice on Royal Street, all of them were closing up. That's how I ended up in a bar. I was like, why are you guys all closing up? And they're like, ah, you know, we close up around five. Gets a little crazy one block. Oh, it turns into such a shit show that they just they uh, they just close down um, or whatever. So anyways i've had i've had a, despite that crazy story i've had an, i've had a great time down here and i've kind of become a saints fan i got to get out of here soon 
because I'm kind of becoming a uh, a Saints fan. I got all into the sentimental part of it of their their longtime announcer. Of course, I don't have his name in front of me here. I'm gonna. I don't want to butcher this. He did his last show. Um, his last show. Is he doing stand up, Bill? No, he did his last uh, broadcast. Saints. Let me look this up here so I get this right. And fuck all you guys down here in New Orleans giving me shit right now. I'm not from here. Retires. Bang. Here we go. Longtime Saints announcer retires. Can I get a name? Jerry Roaming. And uh, you got to listen to some clips of him on uh, on YouTube. He's another one of those classic throwback guys. Total homer. It's awesome. And uh, I hope he doesn't. Oh, he's getting replaced by his son. So he'll be a homer too. I just hate when they go from a homer to just some guy where you don't know where they're from. And you just get some, uh, you know, you know what the fuck I'm trying to say. Anyways, this is the Monday Morning Podcast, everybody. Uh, oh, people have been asking me, you know, I want to send emails in, man. Where do I send it? Bill at the mmpodcast.com. That's where you send them in if you have any fucking questions, this, that, and the other, and all that bullshit. So, um, yeah, this, I got two more days. Two more days on this movie that I'm doing down here. I know I've been dicking around saying that I'm doing an episode of Glee. Obviously, you guys don't know that. For those of you who didn't look it up, I'm doing a movie down here called Black and White with uh, Kevin Costner and Octavia Spencer. Um, and it's been an unbelievable time, unbelievable shoot, and that whole time, it's been amazing. So uh, I have this weird sort of, I'm excited to get the fuck out of here. And um, um also going to be a little sad. Been here for a while. Oh, and also, of course, directed by Mike Binder. Um, <laughs> they all got great Boston names. Costner, Spencer, Binder. Um, so that, I don't know when it's going to come out. Probably going to come out next year. So uh, I don't know why I'm fucking hyping a movie that we haven't even finished shooting yet. But uh, I guess that's what you have to do nowadays because there's 9,000 channels. So look out for it. I think it's going to be a great one. There we go. And on to the stories for this week. A Romanian doctor. Um, did you guys see this story? This is one of these stories I just don't believe is true. Even though I retweeted it. I refuse to believe that this is fucking true. It says, stressed out doctor cuts off man's off patient's penis. All right. I don't know how to say the guy's name. Nam Siomu, 58. What is with the 58-year-olds this week? If they're not puking on Bourbon Street, they're cutting off somebody's dick. Really? Does this have to do with the size of the moon in the sky? The moon is... Remember, they always fucking talk about how it affects your goddamn mood. The moon does it. And exactly how does that work? I would love to just see a table full of scientists listen to this laughing their asses off right now. Wiping tears from their eyes under their fucking I'm smart white coats. Um, anyways, uh, anyways, Naum Siomu, 58, was operating on a man to correct a testicular mal- malformation. You see that? This is a vanity thing. His balls were working fine. He just didn't like how one of them looked. You know? Kind of like when a woman has one wonky titty. Like one's, one's focused. And the other's the backup quarterback checking out the chicks in the front row, you know? So evidently he had the same problem, except it was his bulls. <laughs> so anyways, 
He lost his temper trying to fix this guy's balls. So he grabs a scalpel and he sliced off the guy's dick. I love this word here. In front of an amazed nursing staff. Not horrified. Not nauseated. Amazed. How did he do that? You know, you would have thought that one of us would try to stop him. But by the time I realized what he was doing, he already did it. God. Do you think we'll ever be that good? Um, and ama- evidently, that's an amazing thing for a nurse to see in Romania. They were amazed. Um, and then, not, not to mention this, after he cuts the dick off, he then cuts it into three pieces. For those of you mathematicians out there, that's two cuts. Hi, hi. I wonder if he just stabbed the scalpel in there, into the table, and then that was it. All right, and then he stormed out of the operating theater at the Panduri Urology Hospital in Bucharest. That's the capital, too, of Romania. So there's no excuse for this behavior. This guy should be the best of the best. He's working in the capital. I can see if he was out in the sticks, you know, out in Worcester. Um, What the fuck was going through this guy's head? Did he not have the right equipment? Did he keep getting the malformed ball into shape and then it kept unmalforming? And, you know... Like when your fucking computer keeps crashing. That's basically what this guy did. Like you ever get mad at your cell phone and you just fucking throw it? He did the the medical version of that. And evidently that involves cutting off a dick. Um. <laughs> so this it gets even weirder. A Romanian court has ordered Professor Siomu, whatever his name to pay a hundred grand damages and twenty and twenty thousand dollars cost to the victim. Whatever his costs. Did you still charge him for the operation? Well, you know, we did kind of shape up one of your balls. Tell you what, that was gonna be forty grand, but we'll take fifty percent off and all the gauze unique. Um and this guy was a thirty six year old builder. Thirty six year old. The trauma, the guy, and this is what the guy's, now this is, the, this is his underwhelming statement. The trauma has left a deep mark both physically and psychologically. It's hard for a man who wants to have sex, sex yet lacks the organ. My wife is the best thing I have. That's just, that's the worst fucking thing. There's no way this is true. How do you, how do you know this shit is true? Even if you see it on, I saw it on the news. So What? So what? How do, you, how do you know what happened? Let me look at this. There's another one. This is the one up in uh, Newfoundland, right? 40 pythons found in Canada Motel. Ten days after two boys were killed by an escaped snake. Did you see that story? Like, how do you, how do you fucking know that that happened? Unless you were there. Other than that, I'm just sitting there and I'm listening to some woman talking. And then they got a picture of a snake over her fucking shoulder. And then they cut to somebody standing out in front of the house. It's true, Jennifer. It's true. Tragedy did strike today in this great house. If you can see that window here, this is where the snake was. And somehow, I don't know how it went up the stairs. I mean, maybe they had those round ones, you know. The spiral staircase and it went up the stripper pole that's in the middle. I have no idea, but 
Anyway, somehow it managed to get up to the second floor and uh, ate not one but two. They basically said that that was very abnormal for a snake, for snake lovers. It's about two Canadian brothers apparently squeezed to death by a 15-foot African python. Uh, they were typical children who enjoyed life to the maximum. Yeah, well, I mean, they're six and four. What's one of them looking through a fucking telescope already? I guess it could be advanced learning. Everybody's typical at six and four. Did I miss my calling? I, maybe I'm, this is like, this is what I should have, I should have written news articles. This is how fucking dumb you can be. The nursing staff was, hey, what's that word? Let's uh, just amazed. Amazed, right? Amazed? Yeah, that sounds good. What do you got for lunch? Um, And spent the last days alive playing with animals on a farm, a relative said Tuesday. The boys were at a sleepover in an apartment above a pet store when the snake struck. Canadian police said it slithered. Oh, did it? It didn't walk into the room? It slithered, slithered through the top of its, its floor-to-ceiling cage. Jesus Christ, out of a hole connected to a ventilation system and dropped from the living room ceiling when a pipe broke. Autopsies, oh my God, it's terrible. So anyways, this guy says that this was not, um, said it was abnormal for a snake to go on a uh, on a killing spree. You know, which I, th- I believe that, All right? They just kind of, they just take what they need. They, all, they eat just enough. You look, when was the last time you saw a fat snake? I mean, they're all muscle. Right? So this one, I don't know what this fucking thing's deal was. I think it was like Thanksgiving. It just fucking kept going. But am I really talking about a snake that killed two fucking little boys? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, what am I going to do? Make fun of the po' boys and the goddamn fucking paddle boat out there again? Oh, that fucking paddle boat's driving me nuts. Fortunately, it's out to sea. Can you be out to sea on a river? What is an eddy? Does anybody know? What is the difference between a sea and an ocean? That's the kind of thing, like, if, if you're not a captain or you, you, you're not in the Navy. I mean, I bet half the people in the fucking Navy couldn't tell you the difference between an eddy, a sea, a gulf. Everything to me is the ocean. Like, the gulf of Mexico to me, that's the fucking ocean. Don't be talking to me how, oh, it's surrounded on three sides. Yeah, and what, fucking 9,000 miles in each direction? I'm in the middle of the fucking ocean. Right? The only reason why the Great Lakes aren't oceans to me is because they're not salty. When I stick my face in them, I don't go, (laughs) I don't do that shit. And, you know, that one that they have out there in California, the Sultan Sea that's all salty, that's the fucking ocean. It's not a lake. It's not a sea. That is the fucking ocean. It got left. It got left behind, like Willem Dafoe in um, in Platoon. You know, I just found out all that out. That that all that desert out there. That used to be the bottom of an ocean. I had no idea. So wouldn't that mean? No, that wouldn't mean that. I was going to say that there's, there's fucking dinosaurs down there. There's some sort of oil. Do they ever drill in the desert for oil? Dude, what the fuck do you think the Middle East is? <laughs> go fuck yourself. You ever been there? You don't even know what it looks like. You just see it on the news like I do. 
What is the Middle East to you? What is it, huh? Our planes flying in there, people throwing rocks at them? That's your geography? Before you get on your fucking high horse? Dude, I'm sorry I'm in this mood. I am bored shitless out here. I, 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 I'm, I'm done. I got two more days. I want to bang this shit out, and I want to get on the first fucking one smoking and get the fuck out of here. I've had it. I need to go home. I need to be with my stuff. All right? I miss my stuff. You know what I really miss the most? I miss my pajamas. I haven't seen my pajamas in a month. How long do you have pajamas before you lose the top? You don't even know where the fuck it is. You only wear the bottoms, right? Just walking around scratching your balls. Making that face when you look into the kit into the refrigerator and there's just nothing there that, that looks edible. I mean, everything's work. Um, anyways, let's do, let's do a little, uh, little advertising for the week here. Um, Dollar Shave Club, everybody. There are so many things in the world that irritate me. Raccoon hands. I don't like the, I don't like the raccoon hands. They creep me out. The word expedite. I don't like that word. I don't even think it is a word. All right? If it is a word, it became a word from stewardesses saying it because the only fucking people I've ever heard say it. And uh, what else? Oh, people will hold their nose before jumping into a pool, you know. Can you just breathe out your nose? Can't you just do that? How old are you? Right? Um, anyways, with all the so many things in the world that can irritate you, why would you let your razors add to it? That doesn't make any sense. What I'm trying to say is stop milking your razor blade for the entire month, you know, digging up your face. I know the brand name razors. You're used to paying outrageous prices and exhausting those razors until they start to look like a rusty soda can. I realize this. Well, it's time to let that go. It's time to move on. Dollar Shave Club delivers amazing quality blades to your door for just a few bucks a month. You never have to think about it again. They send a pack every month just for a few bucks. You can change your blades every week. Trust me, your face will love you for it. That's true. I use it, and you should too. Join Dollar Shave Club. Shave time, shave money. You get it? Go to dollarshaveclub.com slash burr. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash burr. Or click on the Dollar Shave banner, uh, Dollar Shave Club banner, sorry, on the bottom of the podcast page at billburr.com. All right. Hulu Plus, everyone. I'm sure you've tried hulu.com if you hadn't. If you haven't done that, I'm sure that's why your friends aren't talking to you anymore. All right. But if you have been to Hulu.com, I want to tell you about Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus lets you watch thousands of hit shows anytime, anywhere. Stream it on your TV or go with it. You can put it on your smartphone or your tablet. Why stand in a line or ride a train and just stare at your feet before puking and then slipping in it? You could be watching your favorite shows on Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus is a great way, way to binge watch your favorite shows. Hulu Plus has tons of episodes from great comedies like SNL, Co- Community, Modern Family, South Park, Family Guy, and thousands of other shows. Hulu Plus is only $7.99 a month, everybody. That's $7.99 for all the shows and movies you can watch. Catch up on current shows, binge on old favorite, or catch uh, just catch a great movie. Whatever you want to do, you can do it all on Hulu Plus, people. Right now, you can try Hulu Plus for a couple weeks free on me when you go to the podcast page at BillBird.com and click on the Hulu Plus banner or go to HuluPlus.com slash Bill. Please make sure you use HuluPlus.com, Bill, so you can get an extended free trial and so they know that we sent you. All right? Helps me keep the lights on here and gives you a better deal. One more time for extended free trial, HuluPlus.com. 
Um, hey, we only got one more. I might as well knock it out. E-voice. E-voice, everybody. If you're an entrepreneur and a custom... Cust- uh, let me try that again. Bill Burr reads E-voice. Take two. E-voice, if you're an entrepreneur, <sighs> sorry, guys. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I went out last night. Bill Burr reads E-voice, take three. E-voice, if you are an entrepreneur and a customer calls, do you want to seem like you're in a high-rise window view fancy pants office or do you want them to know you're sitting in your underwear? With eVoice, you can create the appearance of an entire building, sales, customer support, tech support, you name it. Give your customers the royal treatment with eVoice. eVoice will forward your business calls to your home, mobile, or any number you choose. Wherever you are, eVoice will find you. Don't have time to take a call? It's routed to your voicemail, and you can read it at your convenience as an email. eVoice not only gives you an edge over competitors, it takes away the edge the big companies have over you right now. And now you can try eVoice for free for 30 days. Go to eVoice.com and use the promo code Bill. That's eVoice.com, promo code Bill. Or just go to the podcast page at BillBird.com and click on the email, ah, the eVoice banner. Sorry. All right. That's the advertising for this week. That's always a great way to end advertising. Sorry. I apologize. I'm not qualified for the job. Um, all right. What else did I want to talk about this week? Uh, have you guys been checking out what's going on over there in Egypt? Man, that's just a goddamn tragedy over there. Those people, you know what? D- uh, democracy is too its too new over there. You elected a guy. Turns out you elected the wrong guy. You didn't like him. You just got to wait for the next election. And then you vote the bum out. You know? You don't fucking just demand the guy leaves. You do that, here comes the army. Right? You're sitting there with fucking rocks and a dream. I don't know. That doesn't work out too good. Um, all right. <laughs> this is a fucking disjointed podcast if I've ever heard one. I swear to God, sometimes I, I really wonder why you guys continue to listen. Oh, Bill, stop fucking me. Oh, you know, Bill, what, why, why, what are you going to be like that guy who threatens to kill himself and never does just so he can hear so much people love him? I don't know why you listen to that. Oh, Bill, don't stop podcasting. We love your podcasting, you red cunt. All right, follow up on salads. Let's get into the uh, the emails for the week. Oh, oh, you know what? I didn't finish last week. Was I started to say I was actually rooting for a Rod, and people mentioned that I I forgot to say why. Um, I don't know why. It was something about everybody booing him that just made me uh just. Just the level with which people were booing the guy. You know, and I'm a complete... Look, this is how I look at it. I can't judge the dude. The only way you could boo him like that is if you lived a perfect life. All right? All that money on the fucking table. Come on, complete piece of shit like me. You think I'm not going to fucking do some roids to hang in the game? Do you think if they made a steroid that allowed you to read advertising smoothly that I wouldn't be on the juice right now just so I could stay in the podcasting league for another couple of years or two for the kids I don't have to feed? Um, there's, I, You know what it is? I don't like how people, they, uh, I don't think it's fair that they look at like entertainers and athletes the way they do 
and start saying, this is what's wrong with this country. They start going down like that. And then they just fucking let bankers go. If they if they gave just as much shit, more shit to bankers and then they came on athletes and entertainers like that, I'd be like, all right, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to I'm going to fucking start my own trading cards rather than tops like baseball or football cards. I'm going to start mine. and It's going to be banker cards. So everybody knows what they look like and their fucking stats will be on the back. All the horrific shit that they did. And I don't know. Maybe they'd get booed when they're on the way to their lobster fucking encrusted lunch. Wouldn't that be nice every once in a while? So there you have it. For some stupid reason, I'm rooting for A-Rod. I want him to hit him a bunch of fucking home runs. And uh, I don't know what after that. Just because everybody, if only a few people booed him, I'd still be against him. But the fact that everybody was just fucking trashing him. A couple people had sides. But uh, some moron said the other day, you know, what's good with all these PEDs really puts that Pete Rose thing in perspective. Like, it, no, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Gambling is the worst fucking thing you can do. It's worse than PEDs. It's worse than an individual cheating. All right? You're talking about when you start gambling, you're talking about throwing the game. Then it becomes wrestling. Right? And I'm not saying that on a certain level that you're, you're up in the ante with the PEDs. You definitely are. But gambling is the worst. The outcome of the game cannot be decided before the fucking game starts. You can't have people doing that shit. All right. You want to take some go-go juice and maybe change the outcome? I think that's half as bad. Why is my voice? You know what? I was in a bar last night screaming over music. Um, it's not as bad. And for everybody who's going to send me a fucking email about it at Bill at the MM com, I'm telling you right now, I'm closed off to your opinions. You can try and sway me. But I don't want to fucking hear it. Gambling on baseball. It's the worst thing you can do. That's why they have it over every everything. When you walk down the tunnel, that's what they have. Oh, by the way, don't go out there and throw the game. This isn't wrestling. All right? Put on your aqua velva. Go out there and try. All right. Sorry. Follow up on salads, people. Bill, I make salads for a living. While eating vegetables from your grocery store is better than nothing. Oh, Jesus Christ. Are you going to talk about pesticides and then kill me? He goes, you should urge your listeners to go to independent farm stands. I'm from New England, and they're everywhere. Try smelling a peach that's from a farm versus one from the grocery store. This guy's 100% right. He is. You should go to a farmer's market. The one from the grocery store won't smell at all. It's because they picked it too soon and lacks up to 75% of the nutrients. Yeah, that's why tomatoes taste like shit. And people, when they make a caprizzi salad, they'll fucking put the balsamic vinaigrette on it to try to... Or you make a... Uh, when you make your pizza sauce, they always... And throw in, you know... Whatever, fucking third a cup of sugar, depending on how much you fucking use it. But that, that's the natural sweetness that isn't in the tomato. Because from what I've kind of read on a website, maybe. Like, uh, hey, maybe you can handle this fuckhead.com. I think I went to that. And they were talking about tomatoes. <clears throat> or anyways, they said once, once you basically, the, the, the fruit of the vegetable gets all its, all its nutrients from the vine or the branch, the tree, whatever the fuck it's hanging from, right? So once you yank that off, it's over, okay? Uh, I can't use that reference. I wasn't talking about taking a baby out of a womb too early. That's disgusting because we're talking about eating something, right? Ah, Jesus Christ, Bill. Um, Anyways, yeah, if you go down to your farmer's market, it's much better. That's what he's trying to say. But 
I've actually seen the thing where they, they're starting to infiltrate the farmers' markets because those cunts can just not make enough money. Um, but anyways, thank you for the follow-up. I would have liked if you gave me a recipe for a couple of salads. If you make salads for a living, that would be great. Help help the listeners out. Give us a little variety. Give, give I want three here. One, to ease somebody in to the fact that they're eating a salad, that they went from eating a goat's head every goddamn day. And then the second one, um, I don't know, make it on a medium-sized one. And then the last one is uh, if you just want to shit your brains out and have energy of Superman. All right? How about, how, about, how about three salads like that? That's my request, sir. Thank you. Send it to, the, to Bill at the mmpodcast.com. All right. All right. Here we go. Follow-up from a lady. Hey, Billy, I'm a lady. Just want to uh, offer a piece of advice referring to the guy on your last podcast who called in about his ex-girlfriend texting him after they had broken up. Um, She says, I've actually been one of those country girls you were talking about and I've broken up with guys in the past. My advice to guys listening out there is the absolute best thing you can do when an ex calls or texts you is to remain completely bored sounding on the phone. Oh, completely bored sounding on the phone. Never text or call them back. Sound as distant and un- and as uninterested as possible um, when talking to them. Guaranteed the ex will never co- ever call again because it's humiliating. That was my experience anyways. Your advice was correct that you need to just cut the cancer out, delete from cell phone, unfriend, etc., etc. Hope you read this out loud, okay? Sometimes it helps to put a finger under each word when reading. <laughs> she said, just being cheeky. Um, God, I hate that fucking word. Are you being cheeky? All right, so there's great advice. From a lady, there you go. She says, just sound completely as completely bored and, and, and uninterested as possible. It's humiliating to them. Yeah, because you're really, you know what you're doing? You're pouring water on their lightsaber, basically. Does that make any sense? Well, a lightsaber looks more like a dick. What am I trying to say? Was there anything that somebody used as a Jedi that kind of looked like a fucking pot that lit up that you could pour water on? Was that electricity? That's what I was thinking. You pour water on it. What would that do? It would probably zap your hand if you had a metal fucking... My references are fucking terrible this week. You're shutting off their... Uh, I don't know. You're turning off their pussy. <laughs> Gas lamp above their pussy. You're just putting it out. Um, the best thing to do is you just fucking get away from them. Or they're going to make your life a living hell. That's what they do. They don't duke it out. Except for those broads on the UFC. Jab to the to the tit. Jab to the tit, uppercut to the fucking areola. These body blows are brutal. Kick to the womb. Oh, right in the JJ. She's got a fucking hanger for the standing eight count. All right, was he a virgin? Dear Billy, dear Bill. First of all, I'd like to say I'm a huge fan from your hometown of uh, Wakaluka Makaduka. You are a comedian. You are my comedian crush. I absolutely love you. Well, you've obviously never met me. Believe me. I'm a piece of shit and I'm difficult to live with. So why don't you set your standards a little higher? He says, now to the problem. I was celibate for almost two years. I grew tired of it and decided to sleep with the guy I've liked for a little. I've liked for a little, but I didn't know him too well. 
let me start by saying, honestly, this isn't something I do ever, but I needed to get laid. It was a slutty thing to do. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. All right? It wasn't. You fucking have that urge. Whatever. You went out, you did it. What the fuck are you going to do? Um, but oh well. I was good long. I was good for long enough. Anyways, he's a little socially awkward and quiet, which I initially thought was cute, but found out there's a lot more awkwardness in him. I don't know. The date itself was awkward, but I was horny, and he's a nice guy, so I wanted to get, so I wanted to get it in. All righty, this person's not fucking around here. Um, he started by nestling his head in my breast and rubbing his nose on them, in between and all around. He did this also when I got on top of him. But when he did it, he he did something extremely strange. He squeezed my breast very rapidly, almost as if to honk them. I laughed at first because I thought he was playing, but he kept doing that. And then he did the same thing to my ass multiple times. <laughs> oh, my God. She says, I'm... Well endowed in both of those areas, so I understand him playing with them, but something was strange about it. This is really fucking weirding me out. I don't know why. And reaches down low. Was he doing it like at the same time, or was he like alternating with each hand? He should have been doing that while winking either eye, you know? Just completely freaking you out, occasionally sticking his tongue out. You go into some sort of fucking epileptic seizure. Anyway, she said when he touched me anywhere else, he would only use the palm of his hand. At one point, we were laying next to each other on the bed. Maybe he just doesn't know what he's doing. And I guess he remembered I said I liked my hair pulled, so he randomly grabbed a fistful of my hair and yanked it. This sounds like somebody who can't dance, trying to dance to something up-tempo. This is fucking horrific. I feel horrible for this guy. Like, this is like, this is such a bad performance. This is like a first-round draft pick bust. Like three games in, you're like, oh, my God, what did we just throw a million dollars at? This is over. Give this guy a clipboard. Um, Anyways, she said we were not even having sex yet, and it it wasn't like he guided my head to his lap or anything. What? When we finally did have sex, it lasted less than a minute, and I'm not exaggerating. When he told me he was about to finish, I told him to get on top so he could have more control. But he put all of his body weight on me and was done in half a stroke. (laughs) Oh, my God. All in one. All right. He, He fucking threw the Hail Mary. Again, I'm not exaggerating. He went down on me to compensate, and I'll spare you further details, but... He knew nothing about what he was doing. Yeah, I kind of gathered that. I was nice throughout this because I never thought, because I never would want to give anyone a complex. But when you fucking said where you live, that's why I feel bad about this. I'm going to have to uh, have that bleeped out. I'm going to bleep that out. I don't want to fucking blow up anybody's spot. 38 minutes in. All right, all right, all right. 39 minutes in. Um, I'll spare you the further details, but he knew nothing about what he was doing. I was nice throughout this because I never would want to give anyone a complex. But, dude, what the fuck? Did I just fuck an autistic man or a virgin? He's 26 and he's a sweet guy. I almost want to teach him. 
but I don't want to insult him. Any advice? All right, well, first things first, do you like the guy? Do you even like the guy? Before you get involved in this, the money pit here, as far as fixer-up houses goes. Um, I don't know. From the, I don't know if you were just trying to be funny, but from the way you described this, you know, there, there has to be a jumping off point. Ah, who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't fucking know. 26 years old. I don't know. And he's fucking grabbing your ass. Like, you ever see somebody who knows how to make an omelet really quick and can fucking open them up eggs with one hand? It's like he's doing that with your fucking titties and your ass. It's just weird. But you see, all right, I'm going to go with you like him because you, what can you do? Uh... Jesus Christ, where to start? You didn't even mention him kissing you. You know, uh, I, I don't know. I think this guy's fucking weird. What the fuck was with the nose all around your titties? I don't know what to tell you. I, I got to give you advice here because this is the advice part. I almost want to teach him. I don't want to insult him. Any advice? How the fuck do you go about this? It's just such a fucking... You know, usually when you give somebody advice, you know, who's sensitive, what you do is you compliment the things that they did well first, and then you ease into, uh, hey, this could maybe use a little work here. Not saying you're bad because you did this well. Just saying this over here. Maybe is there... Did he do anything well? (laughs) How was he when he pulled his pants back up? Was that pretty smooth? Uh, You know? Did he get his ball stuck in the zipper? Was he able to not do that? Maybe he could start with that. Um, ah, Jesus. Isn't this, a, this is why women are so amazing. The fact that she's actually willing to work with this. She's going to try to make this work. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I guess I would try and figure out something that he did well. And I would compliment that. And then I would. Just start chipping away at the mountain. I wouldn't try to bring the whole mountain down in one day. But, uh, you know, just know you you got, you got a long fucking road ahead of you. Jesus Christ, you took two years off from sex and now, you, you know. It sounds like you were having sex with, like, the first robot ever. And there was somebody, off, like, controlling him. You know, and they, they had an inability to, to, they have robot hands caress. So it went, you know, commence caressing. Bang, 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 bang. It was just fucking, <laughs> he was kneading dough. Oh, Jesus. Hey, good luck with that. I'm sorry. I got to start sending DVDs to people who I just can't fucking come up with anything. I got, I got nothing. All right, nicknames. Bill, what is the best way to respond to a nickname that you hate? I recently got one due to a simple rhyme with my name. Uh, I didn't do anything stupid or cunty to earn it. It was funny at first, but after a few months, I find myself getting annoyed and angry when called by my fr- by this name. Most people have moved on and stopped calling me that. However, two or three people still greet me with it every chance they get. How do I shed this name without looking like a douche and potentially making things worse? All right, first of all, you don't let on how much it bugs you, and then what you do is you come back giving them the fucking howitzer. All right? You got to come back 
with the anti-aircraft. You got to look. You got to come up with nicknames for these fucking people. Just start with one guy. Don't do all three at once. They'll know what you're up to. Just pick one guy. All right. We're going to slowly whack these guys one one by one. Get this dude, that guy. Then you get Mo Green through his fucking glasses and we're done. Um, they got a big nose. Something physically fucked up about their face. They got man tits. They'll get it real quick. They're calling you something. Hey, what, what's up there? Flabby tits or man tits or just something, something about them that you know that they hate about themselves. Hopefully something that's unfixable. You know, unless they went under the knife. And God knows what, don't do it in Romania, right? That's what I would do. But the first thing you do is do not let on that it bugs you. So when they call you whatever they call you, just sort of laugh, big smile, and then you just fucking hit them with, you give them the old right there, Fred. All right? That'll shut them up, hopefully. That's what I would do. Or you just quit your job. (laughs) If all else fails, you get the fuck out of there. Change your name. Uh, But the worst thing you want to do is go, stop calling me that. That, then that just, it's fucking, it's over. It's over. Um, then you have live action Twitter in your fucking life. Getting trashed 24-7. Live action Facebook or whatever. All right, embarrassing. Um, Bill, I can't spell for shit. Um, so, let, so let it go before you start hitching. Uh, you know what? Go fuck yourself. I got to sit here and I got to undo all of this Embarrassing. He spells that wrong. Embar- embarrassing. He spelled e- embarrassing. He spelled it E-M-B-A-R-S-S-I-N-G. See, people, I'm not the only one dumb. I'm just going to read this how he wrote it. I can't spell for shit, so let, so let it go before you start hitching. Funny story, wanted to share it with capital Y-A. I promise this is true. An older man I know had gotten a vasectomy, he spelt it right, with, the, with this new age laser, laser treatment they do. It's an in and out kind of treatment now. Was asked to come back a week or two later to make sure everything held up the way it was supposed to. When he got there, he told the lady behind the desk why, why he was there, and she handed him a cup and told him they needed a sample and pointed to the bathroom. Oh, no. Did she mean jizz or whiz? Waiting room, which was filled with people, FYI. He went in and 15 minutes later came out with a cup of mangoo and proceeded to walk past the people and place the cup on her desk. She slowly looked up at him and told him in front of everyone that she only needed a urine test. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, my God. I, I really hope that's true. How do you fucking... Well, she only gave him a cup. The fuck is he supposed to do? They hand you a cup. That means that means to rub one out, right? They hand you, they give you that plastic bottle. That means you're supposed to pee in it. Ugh. They do that shit all the time at doctors' offices. Like they just forget because they're there and it doesn't mean shit, and they will just yell out, you know, anything. You just come walking in. Hey, Dr. So-and-so. Hey, how are you? Did it clear up? He's looking for what clear up. And they immediately think he's got something on his balls, man. Is that contagious? Um, 
That's fucking hilarious. God damn it, that's fucking embarrassing. I wonder what kind of a bathroom it was. Did it have multiple toilets and people coming in there pissing and he's over there? <laughs> They'd probably make a noise because the doctor because he feels the doctor said to do it, that it's like somehow okay. Oh, by the way, this is sort of a hacky shit joke, and I don't want to do it on stage. But I I'm sick of people complaining about people blowing out the bathroom. Oh my god, this guy came in, he fucking blew out the bathroom. Well, maybe next time he should take a shit in the kitchen. You know? That's what that's what it's for. It's a it, it's designed so you can sit down and take a shit. You want him to go outside in the yard? <laughs> it's like being mad bacon smells like bacon. Jesus, what the fuck did you eat? I don't know, something healthy. And then it stayed in me for a couple of fucking days. It went through nine miles of intestinal, you know, clinging on to other shit. There. What, what does your shit smell like? I never understood that. Like when I go into a bathroom and it, somebody blew it out, I, I fucking makes me laugh. <laughs> Just the face you're making, trying not to smell it. It's fucking hilarious. That's a, that and when people get mad that babies cry on planes. When babies start crying on planes, I just start laughing because I just feel like they're expressing everything that I'm feeling, but I'm not socially allowed. I would love to just start crying. I don't want to be on another fucking plane. The second they say expedite the boarding process, I just want to start fucking crying. Anyways, X won't move out. Oh, Jesus Christ. Here's a fucking situation. Hey, Bill, huge fan of yours. Love the, love the Monday morning podcast. I will keep this short as I know you don't like to read. I like to read. I'm just not good at it. I'm like someone who likes to play drums but stinks at it. Um, I recently bought a house and asked my girlfriend of three years to move in with me. We have been living together for about six months and then we broke up. She was the worst. All of my friends and family did not like her and she wouldn't let me hang out with friends. No, no, no. Uh, let's Let's put that... In proper perspective, it's not that she wouldn't let you hang out with friends. She asked you not to, and you agreed to it. All right? You have, you have the power, sir. Anyways, she wouldn't let me hang out with my friends or watch any games with friends ever. Capital, all, all in caps. I tried to get her to hang out with, with her friends, but she was so insecure she never trusted me, even after three years of loyalty. Anyways, we broke up about three weeks ago. No one cheated, lied, or stole from one another. It was just time to move on. However, she keeps saying she's going to move out, but doesn't. Um, I don't want to throw her out on the street, but what do I do? But, but I do want her out as it's just not healthy for me to keep living with her. Also, she refuses to pay any bills or help with the mortgage. What's a fair amount of time to give her before I just go legal on her? Well, hindsight's twenty twenty. You should have told her from day one when she had to be out by. Um, the fact that she's not paying any bills or anything like that, I mean, it's just like, I would just hit her with a little two-pronged attack here. I would just go, listen, um, we broke up three. Uh, how would you dip into this fucking thing? Oh, gives a fuck. Just, I was going to say, like, hey, how's the how, uh, apartment hunting coming? I would just go right at it. I would just say, listen, uh, it's been three weeks, and I really don't think it's healthy for us to be around each other. Um, when do you think you're going to be out of here? Bye. And let her answer 
Amenha, and then just say, listen, I well, I need you to be out by this date because I have to get somebody else in here to help me with the mortgage. All right? You're not paying any bills or helping me with the mortgage, so this isn't fair to me, so you need to be out of here. And her name isn't on the mortgage, so worst-case scenario, one day she goes to work, you call in sick, pack up all her shit, and fucking put it out on the front lawn. You're out. And what's she going to say? What's she going to do? Call the fucking cops? You don't have to go legal on her. Get the fuck out of here. This is my house. We broke up. Get out. Out. You. Out. Get out. Get out! Um, I don't, actually, I don't know if she has any anything legal. I have no idea. I don't fucking know. But that's what I would do. I would, I would give her a definitive date. You need to be out by this time. And uh, I don't know. What else? I don't know what else I would do. My, my, uh, there's a stupid, we get it. We're on the Mississippi with the fucking horn. I get it. Um, just make up some shit too. I need you out by the 15th of next month. Uh, you know, my uncle, uh, my second uncle lives in Tennessee. He's got tuberculosis. He's moving in and, uh, he's bringing that machine with him. So you got to get the fuck out of here. All right. That's the podcast for this week, everybody. I know it was kind of a short one. Oh, Jesus, 52 minutes? I can't do that to you. Well, I could. Technically, I could if I wanted to, if I wanted to be a dick about it. Um, I just got I got a bunch of scenes tomorrow, and I got to learn all my fucking lines. That's why I'm doing this thing early. Hey, you got you to admit, when I'm shooting something, the fucking podcast comes out on time. This is going to be three weeks in a row with this thing being out like Sunday night in most areas. So, um, how about a little props? You know, how about for once, you don't give me shit. You actually give me a little bit of, uh, oh fuck. I got to be somewhere in 40 minutes. God damn it. All right. This is an extra short one. I'm, I apologize. I'll try and make it up with a longer one over the last couple of weeks. So they, they, they have been long. Um, all right. I got to get moving here. Fucking Christ. Um, all right, that's the podcast for this week. Now that the show's over, don't forget to sign up for your free trial of Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus lets you binge on thousands of hit shows anytime, anywhere on your TV, PC, smartphone, or tablet. Support this podcast also and get an extended free trial of Hulu Plus. When you go to the podcast page at BillBird.com, click on the Hulu Plus banner or go to HuluPlus.com slash Bill. That's HuluPlus.com slash Bill. Thank you for listening. Oh, everybody in Scotland, the um, Glasgow date is on sale. I have the link up on billbird.com and um, Monday today, when I guess when you're listening to this, we added a second show at the Beacon Theater in um, in uh, New York City. Uh, so I'll be adding a link for that when I get the time. I think the entire European date is up there. All those tickets are on sale. Um, what else went on sale? San Jose, Seattle, uh, Philly, and I think D.C., I think all of those are on sale. So I got a bunch of shows out there that are all on sale. Oh, people of Scotland, it would be great if you showed up, by the way, because we had, we had to really fight with them to find, find some sort of venue because they didn't think anybody was going to show up when I was out there. So I'm at some venue that has a lower area and an upper area. Um, so I don't know. Let's see if we can get a couple people up in the upper deck, too, if you can. All right. Just call every cunt you know. And come on down, all right? I have at least a new hour and a half since the last time I was fucking there. It would be great if you came down and saw it, all right? That's the podcast for this week. 
Don't take any shit. Go fuck yourselves, and I'll talk to you next Monday.